Y'all alright? Y'all good? It's been a heck of <laughs> the last two weeks have been heck one heck one heck of a roller coaster. And it makes you just think and really reflect on what you should be so grateful for, what you should be giving your time to, your energy, and how we can continue to show up in different spaces that we have been blessed to be a part of. So welcome back. It is episode three of the Please Do Tell podcast. I am your girl, Ronika, and some spaces I'm RJ, so... Hey, anyone were either either or works for me. So I want to talk about this journey of identifying a superhero and how you can have a superhero within your own tribe or you can have multiple superheroes and what that actually looks like. So it's a few stories about how superheroes have impacted my life and some of them they don't even realize that they have been superheroes in so many other people's lives and how we just continue to champion the work that they do and celebrate them and try to give them their flowers while they're still here. So growing up, I was blessed to be in a household with one brother and a father, but there's such, um, I don't want to say there's such a, cause we, my brother and I joked about this, uh, last week about talking about our age difference. But as I was growing up, I always looked at my brother as like this larger than life figure. He did no wrong. He was known, well-known. He was on the varsity basketball team coming up in high school. He was charismatic. He was funny. Still is. He's still very funny. And my dad was this just strong, very strong, just figure in my life that I really didn't know his superpowers until he was gone. But when they weren't around (laughs) and I would have, I would say a squabble or something with my sister, or maybe I got into it or um, growing up in elementary school, I went through some phases of being bullied And I wanted my superheroes to come and get me. (laughs) I wanted them to hop in their cloud car, come down, scoop me up, and make this world a better place. Yes, I'm talking about the Care Bears. (laughs) Sometimes from, uh, I'll joke with my friends and I'll open up my jacket or act like I'm going to lift up my shirt and say Care Bear stare because I just want to make this world a better place and even I felt like I wanted to have that power of doing that when hearing about the I'm going to say attempted murder of Jacob Blake an unarmed black man 
that was shot while his back was while his back was turned in front of his children seven times. Seven times. And it's so disheartening when you constantly hear these stories and you feel like you're powerless, like you can't do anything. But I believe sharing your stories and continuing to be a voice for the voiceless is showing your true superpower. So I found my strength and my power and watching the Care Bears and seeing what even there. I mean, yes, there was even a grumpy bear. Yes, there was. But there was so many other bears that worked together for the greater good to make um, that world of theirs, their fictional world of theirs, a better place. And I constantly think, what can I do to make this world a better place? And one of them was starting the Final 48 Project, which is the journey of grief in the black community. So I just I looked at that as a way of giving a voice to those that in I'm going to say historically or just in any on any platform is giving that voice of those people that deal with this journey of grief on a daily basis and have never shared their stories and hoping that their stories will help and provide healing for not only themselves, but our community and the world. When we think about other superheroes, I I think about the, the... Wayans family and how they had that one superhero, which is Keenan Ivory Wayans, and he stepped out in front and he stepped out on faith and he left school and he decided to pursue a career in comedy and how he basically put his whole family on. He put his whole family on, you know, in living color. The whole family, and he started the careers of so many others. Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, um, gosh, Jennifer Lopez. So uh, Just aside from Tommy Davidson, David Allen Greer, so many people that he put on with In Living Color. And I'm sure that they viewed him as their superhero because he took that chance. He decided to be that leader to go forth and be the change that we all needed. We still quote a lot of the skits from In Living Color to this day. And then I, I joke about <laughs> being at home or at a friend's house and watching Blank Man, which was <laughs> a... A handicapped superhero played by Damon Wayans. And for even though it was silly and it was funny, it was great to see a black superhero saving the day or Meteor Man played by Robert Townsend. We take for granted or we don't acknowledge a lot of the people that have done so much for us in order for us to be where we are today. 
those those superheroes continue to take I I would say daggers and in so many closed behind so many closed doors in order for us to to even be listening to this podcast or to even watch movies that have black people in them that look like us that deal with real issues like us like I was sad when the shies yes I I listen I binge watch the entire series of the shy since we've been in um, quarantine and so I was really sad when it was the final episode for the season because I was just thinking gosh we probably won't get the new season for a while because of COVID and I think about Lena Waith and what she's done and just being a leader and just going out there and getting stuff done. Think about Snowfall, which is a series that John Singleton, I would say, gifted to us. These are our own superheroes. People that know our struggle, can reflect our lifestyles, look like us on screen, Real life situations, real life scenarios. These are our superheroes. Then, this past weekend, we learned about the death of Chadwick Boseman. T'Challa. Our Black Panther. The first black superhero from the Marvel franchise. And just looking at what he accomplished since being diagnosed with colon cancer has got to be the epitome of superheroes here on earth. While he was going through chemo and surgeries, he was still showing up. Still showing up. I mean, he's given us characters such as he played Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall. And he gave us Black Panther, he gave us T'Challa. He gave us our first black king as a superhero. He gave us that while battling cancer. In silence. So many people have really talked about recently that... Gosh, we didn't know. He didn't say anything. You know, the memes and the gifs that people were putting out there. We didn't know that's what he was really going through. And how tight his tribe is. 
and how much that speaks to how tight his tribe is, that no one released that information of what he was actually going through and just hearing about the people that were that were working with him and that had no idea what he what he was actually enduring while doing these these roles, especially the last one with Spike Lee. And the fact that he got up, he was a true, he showed up. None of us that I know knew the battle that he was fighting. We were gifted with such an amazing, amazing person, such a role model, and also a product of a historically black college and university, might I add. (laughs) so I began to reflect with my friends about what a tribe looks like what does it look like and my friends were saying yeah you know Man, no one said anything like that's a tribe that's a tribe I mean that they kept that on lock And I reminded them that they did the same thing for me. They did the same thing for me. So we know that it is Tuesday. So I'm going to segue right into Grief Talk Tuesday. And I want to talk about how my tribe kept my secrets. Well, it's not really a secret, but kept my information private in order for Myself and my family to have those final moments with my father. <laughs> my heartbeats, I think I've, I've talked about them before. My, the heartbeats are myself, Chantel, Demita, and Alicia. And, the, and these, are <laughs> these are my friends from elementary, junior high, and high school. We have literally been through everything. <laughs> together when I talked to them about you know, we we went through a whole roller coaster ride of oh my gosh is, is this real you know I woke up on Friday night kind of in a daze and the news had just hit that that Chadwick was 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 deceased and His tribe for him is what my tribe was for me when dealing with my father. My father, for the most part, dealt with prostate cancer and that whole journey of going through. He found holistic routes of of trying to take care of himself, of trying to keep himself alive. He didn't he he did not choose to do chemo until or treatments until the very end, and that's when it was really too late. He really looked into, um, like I said, doing everything organic, holistic. He was juicing. Well, he was a juicer anyway, but he was juicing. He was faithfully watching Dr. Oz. And after he was gone, I thought about a lot of things that we missed because he was so private. He wanted to go through that by himself. 
thinking about him waking me up at three o'clock in the morning and I had just was released from the hospital after my accident and him saying that, oh, Dr. Oz comes on again at 3.30 a.m. I really want to watch this episode because I missed it when it came on earlier. Not tying together that it was an episode about prostate cancer and what you can do to prolong your life. Didn't ask questions, just thought that, hey, maybe he just wanted to be aware of it. He wanted to be proactive if anything did happen. How can you keep yourself from getting it? I I, I was naive. I didn't know. I was still, I mean, I was still on <laughs> antibiotics. I was still on drugs then. So I was kind of coming in and out of pain medication didn't know that my superhero was dealing with basically it had to have been stage three at that time stage three maybe stage four maybe once I realized that my father was quite ill I got my group of friends together in group chats so this was before we were able to do group chats on iPhone and Android we used an app called group me so I had the heartbeats in one chat I had the we cares <laughs> committee in another I had my next generation besties, which I call NGB, which is three women that I've met in my adult life that have changed my life forever. One of them I met in college and undergrad. One I met during grad school. And the other one I met, well, I should say grad school and I moved to North Carolina. I met her at the same time. And the last one is I met about six months before my dad died. Two of these women knew what it was like to suffer the loss of a father, of a parent. Whereas Karen had lost both parents about five months apart before entering her first year of college. And Kendra... I think she was coming up on nine years of losing her dad when I was going through the whole journey of my dad becoming ill and going to hospice and then losing him. So I had these group me groups going on. I was able to copy and paste this, the information, keep them updated. And not once, not once did I have to worry about them getting on any social media site and saying, hey, please pray for my girl, Ronnie, because she's going through something with her daddy. My girl need all the prayers she can get today. Don't ask no questions. Just pray for my girl today. Them knowing that I am such a private person when it comes to situations like that, 
because I'm still quite private when it comes to that. But I am getting better with being very transparent and being open. And even through this um, isolation, my friends will say, oh, my gosh, you've grown so much. You've been telling us so much. You've been just being so open with with us about so many things. But now once that I have to worry that my... my weaknesses would be on display. And I viewed them as weaknesses because I've always been that strong friend. <laughs> I've always I've always been the strong friend. I don't cry. I don't do this. I don't do that. Because I've seen, you know, I, I was getting that from my superhero. I've only seen my dad cry probably twice. One time it was a happy moment. And the second and the other one was when we buried my granny. But my tribe, my tribe um, continues to support me and just hold me up in those moments when I feel weak. And my friend Demita said, oh, my gosh, you're I guess you're right. We, we didn't say anything. I said you I was in the group me chats. Uh, now let me tell you one thing about the next generation besties. They've never met each other in person. My first time getting them together was in this group chat and it was to basically get the information to them at one time. And they ended up bonding together. I mean, talking to each other. I'm not even active in the group. They're talking to each other. They're celebrating each other. They're getting prayer requests together. And I kept thinking, wow, I have one dynamic network of friends. And that's just not even all of my friends. Those are just the ones that I put in the group chat because I I can say during that time of trying to get information to everyone, you're going to miss someone and it's going to become overwhelming. It's going to become overwhelming. When you are dealing with someone that has a an illness and you can clearly see that you won't have that much time with them left and you want to be able to get that information to as many people as possible, but also remembering that, okay, I want to get this to the people that I know will support me, will pray for me, not ask a lot of questions. But when I want to cry or when I want to scream or when I'm just feeling lost, they're right there to listen. Because how... That blow to the gut of losing Chadwick this past week, I feel, was no different from losing my own superhero. Like Chadwick was a superhero for this world, for our young people, for our little kids, for us, and especially hearing his story and what he endured the last few years of his life. How could you not identify him as a superhero? But I looked at my dad as a superhero because he endured, <laughs> was silent about his illness, 
fought through it like a G (laughs) and it was so important that I had that support I'm going to call them a support net a support net for me that when I feel like I was falling my friends were there to catch me I had friends in North Carolina Texas Michigan everywhere supporting me I mean heartbeats were kind of spread out across the no no not at that time Chantel was the only one that wasn't local and my next generation besties my we cares committee my NC fam my Michigan fam my Texas family because when I moved to Texas Kendra's family took care of me took care of me I mean, her mom's technically a Williams, so I mean, biologically, she's a Williams. So I was on—I was just like, "Hey, I'm an extended family member. <laughs> I'm a Williams too." But I know that I would not have made it through those times without them. So I went back and I looked at a. a blog post that I made on the Final 48 Project some years ago about why having a tribe is so important when dealing with grief. And I believe I wrote this in 2015, maybe, or maybe 16, not sure. But it goes a little something like this. My tribe is deep. My tribe is deep. Seriously, no one is messing with my crew. My support system is everything. Holds me down or up when I didn't or don't want to get out of bed. They're able to say, I know, I've been there, take your time. Every journey with grief is different. Do you want me to listen or respond? I remember when I found out my dad was sick, I decided to form two or three text messaging groups via the GroupMe app. It was easier than copying and pasting. I didn't want to leave anyone out. They were able to receive the information at the same time and respond accordingly. Listening to my deepest thoughts during a time when I was at the brink of losing my father, and it was imperative that I had their support. The thoughts that I couldn't articulate at times in my journal because I simply needed someone to speak back to me. Or maybe I needed the validation. You know, someone saying that, girl, you ain't crazy. We're here. I knew the time would come where I would eventually break and my emotions would be so overwhelming that I needed my support system to catch me when I fell. Even though those group me- groups are now defunct, we are still in contact. I was scrolling through my phone thinking about what I should talk about today. And I went to the group meet to see if their conversations were still there. And four years later, after I wrote this post, they were there. Or four years prior or whatever. The strength and love they provided during my time of mourning solidified solidified (laughs) our bond. The Ben Harbor and Heartbeats group are my friends from childhood. 
They're basically my sisters. But my next generation besties are young ladies that I met during every phase of my adult life. The NGB ladies have never met in person, but I place them in the group together because they unknowingly shared a bond with each other. We formed a sisterhood that reaches beyond my journey with grief. I know that some of the text conversations that I had with people at that time are no longer around, but I didn't forget about those intimate exchanges either. You see, it's important to surround yourself with people that can encourage you and also able to identify with the loss that you have experienced. My tribe stretches past the group me messages, but it sure feels good to have the reminder of who's always been in my corner. So even though we have lost our own superhero, I want us to be more mindful of who we connect with, who we share our stories with, who we need to check on, and who will always always be there as a listening ear. The person may change, but there will always be someone there willing to listen. So as I wrap up this episode, I want you to um, take care of your mental health. Uh, Actually go and check in on uh, someone that you haven't checked on in a long time. And if you feeling like you need to reflect on the good times, check out the versus battle with Monica and Brandy. Listen, I sat through all three hours of it last night. They are my super women. You want to know why? 1.2 million folks sat through three hours of a versus battle with these two black queens. Three hours. The most watched battle. The most watched versus battle. Live. 1.2 million people. And I was one of them. Gigging. Talking about it's just one of those days. Listen, if it's one of those days, you deserve to take a step back and take care of you. So until next time, this is your homegirl, Ranika. And if you have a story to tell, listen, please do tell.